welcome to Agile Clips, where we break down Agile into manageable pieces. In today's episode, we talk about story mapping. Hey, Steve, I thought uh, our listeners would be interested in hearing about how you have been using story mapping recently. Yeah, well, thanks for asking. As I was telling you uh, the other day, I had a couple of um, interesting uh, uses of story mapping recently. The first was with a team that seemed to be stuck. Uh, This is a new project, and the team had thought of a vision for the product. They had a good idea of who the user was, but somehow weren't sure how to take the next step. So I thought of story mapping. I got everybody in a room, essentially all the product team, user experience team, some of the key engineering leads, and we just went through the story mapping. And in half a day, we really had everybody on the same page with a very good idea of what this team was supposed to achieve. Yeah, I think that's the most important part is that, you know, we're doing this story mapping the entire team or at least the key team members need to be there because that makes a difference because they bring all different angles that uh, usually the product owner might, might miss. That's right. But it's in contrast to the other use I made of uh, story mapping recently, which was a team that is about to ship a product. Literally, they're two or three weeks away from shipping a product. And most of the team left the company, wow. <laughs> leaving uh, not on the engineering side, but on the product side, leaving just one product marketing person who had all the background. And so the new product manager, and there's also a separate product owner who are in the team, they've been managing to to push things along based on their understanding, but they didn't have a formal process or a formal handover of the project so it seemed like story mapping could be a good way even though it's after the fact to get everyone on the same page oh wow so, that's interesting yeah so I, <laughs> yeah go ahead no uh, you know this is like the after the fact creating a story map that's that's unusual it is but here's the interesting thing the person who did have the background explain the vision and the kind of user that we're targeting and then just you know went on and on about all these things and then at a certain point i said okay that that's enough i think that's clear let's start doing the story mapping so we had everybody contribute to it and what we came up with in that session which was three hours long was an understanding that what was going to be shipped is really not the right product (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow. <laughs> so now the team is trying to figure out, do they continue and still release the product as they originally envisioned it and then make some changes in a follow-up or do they really need to step back and and fix a few holes before shipping the product? Mm, wow. So that, pretty interesting. Yeah, it looks that way. So so uh, let's start at the top. Let's let's start talking about what is this? You know, what is the story? So here's the thing: uh, people who start 
using Agile and read about it, say, oh, okay, a user story, I have to write it in the format of uh, as a some kind of user, I want to do something so that some objective. And then what happens is they create all of these stories, they tend to be very fragmented, and they become a substitute for requirements that they would have written in a traditional PRD, except that they they write it in a specific format. And then sometimes they just throw it over the fence to the engineering team, expecting that the team will go and build it. Other times they do proper backlog grooming and they have discussions. But either way, they tend to not have enough conversation to reach a true common understanding, a shared understanding of what this product is about. And what's important is really that dialogue, not the fact that there's a user story. Yeah, I think the other thing that I noticed is also a concept of uh, what does the user story mean in the sense that it should be able to stand on its own. Doesn't you know? You can actually take that whatever the user story is is being building, you can deploy it in production. It may not be the prettiest thing but we should be able to do that. And people don't realize that the, if they think about it in the requirement uh, type of uh, concept, then it becomes just like a function and it cannot stand on its own. So when it ask them, can it stand on its own? Then people start thinking, oh, well, I'm thinking like uh, old ways of specifying functional requirements and non-functional requirements and those kind of things. So I think that's one of the things that you mentioned earlier was that it's not actually a requirement. It's actually a story conversation and a user experience going all the way in a thinner, thinnest possible way. So I think that that changes some of the concepts of what a story looks like. Yes, but it's also true that sometimes that idea is abused. So what can happen is that someone has a vision for the product, they break down this vision into a set of very granular stories and they become so granular that you lose the the context you don't really know how they fit into the big picture and therefore they don't have value in their own right so, so that if, that brings up the next question I was. So, so what are the mistakes do people make when writing a user story well exactly that that they they may break it down into such small pieces that they lose their value and they become very hard to prioritize and the team gets confused and they don't know why they're doing it. Yeah, I think uh, that one of the things that I, I noticed is that they uh, need to create like a breakdown structure of a story in the sense that you know you have a feature, a feature will lead to epic and the epic leads to user story. So you know that what those user stories are doing so that each user story is building portion of that epic and then several epics will create a feature or a whatever the product portion of the product or MVP. But it's basically breaking down so that you see how the value is being built by every story and then it makes it a lot more uh, relatable as to what why the each story is created the way it is. Yeah, so maybe now is a good time to explain what a, finally what a story map a story is map and how is. you create it. <laughs> yes. So the idea is that you have to have a pretty good idea of who your user is and what their goals are. So what are they really trying to achieve? 
And usually there's some kind of a sequence, a time-based sequence. So the idea is to really describe in a story format. It's really having a dialogue amongst everybody who's in the room doing the story mapping and say, as, as this kind of user, what they would want to do is, first of all, onboard onto the system. Then after they onboard, the first thing they'll want to do is have a look at the content that's already populated. Then once they do that, they want to start adding their own content. And you're really explaining in a story format a sequence of events that take place. So we're again, we're clear about the user and some high-level sequence of activities that take place. Right. And those are written from left to right. And then um, you start to break down those activities into tasks. So, for example, when I say I want to be able to look at the content, that might become you know, smaller tasks such as I want to browse, I want to open file, things of that nature. So you're just breaking it down into some smaller set of tasks. And then finally, you, you break those tasks into really the features. So you go from the goals to the the tasks and the tasks break down into the features and now you're going top to bottom yeah the only thing i would say is that you know the the task is is a little different in the sense stories have tasks so i've seen some of so sometimes the task gets uh, to the lowest component of a story is a task and and uh, that's how some like the if you go into jira and stuff like that they have the task as the lowest component Yes. So but, we have to be a little, uh, you know, the nomenclature can be confusing. It can be, but of course, you're referring more to the engineering tasks that are required to create the story. And I'm referring to the user tasks that achieve the, the user's objective. Correct, correct. So I'm really thinking purely from a user's perspective, not from an engineering perspective. How do we build it? Yeah. So then what happens is... Um, once you have this now two-dimensional view of what the user is trying to accomplish, what their goals are, what their activities are, now you really have something that everybody can latch onto and reach a common understanding of what the user is trying to do and what features will help the user. The next step is to decide what can be deferred and what needs to be in the first version of the product. So you'll often hear people talk about the MVP, the minimum viable product, and that's achieved by going across the board. If you imagine this two-dimensional grid of, uh, of uh, post-it notes on a wall, you go across and you say, okay, we need this many features in order in the first column in order to have a viable product. Then we go on to the next column, how many of these features do we need? And you end up with a, a line going across and everything above the line is what you need to build in order to be able to ship a viable product. Now, you may ask, what is an MVP? So there are two ways of looking at it. One is the real MVP is what you believe needs to be in the product for it to be viable from a, you know, for it to be out there and selling and getting good reviews. And you might say that's a hypothesis of the product at this stage because you'll only really find out when you ship the product. But you can also... Yeah. 
one of the things that i also heard and i think that makes little and i think you just alluded to that i think it's like the minimum product that can go out where the customer is willing to pay for it because if if there is a demand or, or a value to the customer so it's almost like a first thing minimum and viable or slash valuable product then it it can stand on its own and actually can work as a first generation of your product version yes jeff patton who really developed and promotes the idea of story mapping and will put in the uh, podcast notes a link to his book and an article of his he also talks about the mvp experiment which mm-hmm. he he defines as a a smaller mvp which is what is enough product in order to test your hypothesis so what yeah. can you get out with friends and family or some early adopters so that you can really validate the concept and and be sure that you're building the right mvp that will make you money yeah and then you know a couple of other things that that also come out of that is uh you know what are you learning from the first mvp so what's your first learning out of that that's like a fast feedback and uh, second thing is the about the hypothesis uh one of the things how do you measure that hypothesis is is like uh, what is the riskiest assumption you are making so you know you once you vet that riskiest assumption that helps you to see oh are we going in the right direction or do we need to change like a pivot or if we want to scale based on your the hypothesis or the uh, one that you had made and to select that hypothesis to be uh, validated through that first layer of a product so um i think we we kind of explained what the story map is uh, so just in terms of the process of creating one typically what you need to do is be pretty clear ahead of time of what the user's goals are and what will be the sequence of things that they need to do to achieve their goals and then at that point you lay those out you make sure everybody's on the same page uh, regarding those so someone who's thought this through presents it to the team the people involved in the story mapping and now everyone thinks about what are the features that they would like to have for each you know to accomplish each one of those goals the user has and typically write them down on sticky notes and then bring them to the to the story map discuss them move them up and down according to the priority so there's a lot of conversation going on at that point and then you draw the mvp line yeah and i think the uh, one of the things that i noticed or at least i've i've seen uh, most successful you know story mapping works is uh, you start from the uh, right end in the sense where you want to see the uh, so user as the final uh, stage or final step where they want to you know, what is their outcome they are looking for and then traverse it backwards to see is every step that we have listed is working towards that that automatically starts uh, pushing the unnecessary stuff below the low, uh, below the mvp line so it's it's like it starts people start thinking as to well this can wait because it doesn't give the 
uh, or doesn't provide any additional uh, uh, functionality or, or support or whatever the thing is that is really needed for user to be uh, achieving that outcome that they're looking for. So it's like outcome driven thing going backwards. So you go from left to right first and then right to left to make sure that's how mm -hmm. the MVP people work through that. Yep, that's that's a good point. So um, just finally, <clears throat> I wanted to mention that the story maps really have a lot of value even after you go through this typically the kickoff of the the product development cycle to get you know designed to get everybody on the same page in the sense that even when you start executing and you start sprinting what will happen is that those stories on the story map are too big to implement you probably want to break them down further but by keeping the story map visible, you're providing the context so that when people start working on the even smaller stories that get created on a sprint by sprint basis, they see exactly where they fit in. And in fact, you can even use the story map to check off what you've accomplished and show how you're progressing towards the final uh, objective of the, the product development cycle. Yeah, so I think that story map is not a static document or static uh, uh, artifact because as you go along you learn things and that can decipher some of the uh, the adjustments that you have to make so yeah you're i've seen that as a learning process to say oh we thought this is what was going to be needed and actually it took us three more steps to do that and two of them may, may not be necessary so those go below the mvp line or you know these are the iterative things as you go from left to right uh, things evolve and organically the the story map really crystallizes and sometimes i've seen also is that the the end state that they were um, assuming that also changes so that the end state that they were uh, thinking of where they want to take user um, that gets fine tuned also so it's it's a very interesting evolution the good thing about that is that you don't lose the track of all the things that you had uh, started with so that you know what got deferred, what was unnecessary or necessary, or you might want to add something to it. But it's a very visual way of the traversing from left to right. Yeah, absolutely. I think we would both strongly encourage our listeners to try story mapping at yes, almost at any stage of a project because it really brings so much clarity. It really helps develop that shared understanding so that engineering isn't just following a, a set of user stories correct. that were written, which may be correct or may not be correct, but it really provides all that context. Exactly. And, um, yeah, and, very, and very as, yeah, and especially if you have certain functions already built, the re reusability of those functions is very apparent because, you know, story one, story two, they could be leveraging things. So, yeah, it's it's amazing that how visualization makes a huge difference across the entire team from business all the way to support. Great. All right. So hopefully uh, that was useful to our listeners. And we're looking forward to having another podcast in the near future about writing user stories and going to some more details of how to break them down and you know, other things related to good practices around user stories. Yeah, to that effect, one of the things I want to bring up is that uh, we are changing our format. Now we are going to have some 
thought leaders as guests on our podcast so look forward to that uh, upcoming episodes will have some really good in the industry leaders uh, giving their aspects of what where the agile is going and their thoughts about it absolutely thanks everyone take Thank care you. see you next time bye